Well, welcome back, everybody. We're so thankful that you are on this Real Talk with Real Leaders. And I have with me a real leader that I'm looking forward to this Real Talk, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez. I think he needs no introduction. He's an itinerant speaker, very influential uh, to so many other pastors, leads a large networks, has many books, has been on TBN. I mean, the list goes on. So I'm excited to have him on here today. Hey, Reverend Samuel, how are you doing? Great to be with you, my friend. Hope you're well and hope you're safe. Matter of yeah. fact, I know you're well and you're safe. Yes, I am. Actually, I'm in my little bunker house, if you see what it looks like around here. No, it's just a cool setting. Well, let's get into this. Um, you lead a large network of pastors and leaders, and you're probably talking to them on a weekly basis, if not maybe every other yep. day basis. I'm just curious, if you don't mind sharing, um, what is the essence of what you're communicating to leaders in light of where we presently are? Two elements. We, we began from day one and, and we address, we're constantly in communication. It goes beyond a day a week. Uh, we have two town halls, one in Spanish, one in English per week. It's a network about 42,000 plus churches. So uh, yeah, we go vertical and we go horizontal with what we provide. So we went vertical. We spoke prophetically into the network regarding what God is saying pertaining to this time. We spoke about uh, the, the, something God placed in my spirit a few weeks ago when this COVID-19 really broke out. And this would be a time of Acts chapter 2 as it pertains to the house being filled. It's a hard reset. You know, I'm on my iPhone right now right. Uh, doing the Zoom recording with you via the conduit of my iPhone. When my iPhone is discombobulated, when I download an OS, an operating system, sometimes it causes more glitches than the bugs it's supposed to fix. Right. So I'm not going to go to the mall and wait an hour and 45 minutes in an Apple, you know, an iPhone store, right? I just call customer service. They tell me, Mr. Rodriguez, everything uploaded to the cloud? I say yes. They go, well, yes, let's do a hard reset. A hard reset is when you press a couple of buttons on your iPhone. Everything turns off, but it turns back on. Right. And when it turns back on, it goes back to its default settings. Pastor, I think we're going back to our default settings. Wow. This is a hard reset. It's a hard reset for the church and for the family. It's a hard reset. We're going back to the default settings. What does that mean? What really matters? You and I have taken inventory over the past few weeks of what's priority. Right. What's really priority? What can we live with and what can we live without? This right. conversation about essential and non-essential, that's not just the government telling people who can, co who can go out and who can't go out. It's about you and me. What's essential in my life? What's non-essential? So it's a hard reset. We're coming back to Christ, John 3.16. We're coming back to the centrality of Christ, Christ in the center of it all. We're coming back to Matthew 25. Let's take care of our neighbors. Right. Let's take care of those that are suffering around us. Let's be compassionate. Let's not be isolated. And number three, we're coming back to Acts chapter two, where the Holy Spirit filled the house. It says that twice in Acts chapter two, and the house was filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm prophetically declaring that every single house that's committed to Christ will be filled afresh of God's Holy Spirit. That's good. Throughout the pandemic, not afterwards, as we are in the midst of this coronavirus, this COVID-19, your house will be filled with the Holy Spirit. My house will be filled. Every person's house who is interacting with this, your house will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every room, every family member, every loved one, that's my prophetic declaration in the name of Jesus. So we went vertical and then we went horizontal with our network. So okay. we went, we provided online services. We provided free technical support on how to go online. We provided websites where you can go online for free and they could actually create an online platform for you for free. Mm -hmm. um, 
Then we went horizontal, even in a, in a more extensive manner with the CARE Act. So we were involved with members of Congress and I wanna shout out to Marco Rubio, who's a, a friend, but he came out strong protecting churches. He yeah. came out strong to make sure that Bank of America and Wells Fargo and others and Chase and Citibank, that they don't neglect or discriminate against churches with, this, with these SBA loans, even the payroll protection component. Yep. So thank you, Senator Rubio, you are amazing. Uh, so we were out there involved, you know, with members of Congress, and then we instructed our, our constituency on how to get the loans, how to file. Matter of fact, we are right now, as I speak, we have our team helping pastors fill out the application. Great. So that's what we're doing, man. Vertical, horizontal, prophetic, and practical. Yes, that's exactly how I saw it. It's, uh, you, you get it from the air and it gets downloaded into us and then we dispense it into our given situations. God specifically talked talk to me about just getting your house in order during this time. And so yeah. look at real practical things, the spiritual condition of your house, even the practice of the economics of your house. Relook at those things. You might think that they're taken care of, but now's a good time to assess and look at all those things. I'm hoping and I'm encouraging a lot of leaders to do the same. Yeah, even, even stuff faster, even stuff like savings, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how much money do you have in reserves? How much money do you physically have in your house? I'm not going to go into the toilet tissue reservoir. I'm not right. going to go there. <laughs> but but I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you know, practical stuff. Like, from now on, the world has changed. I'm going to tell you what every family is going to have around the world. You're going to have some cash at home. You're going to have more money in savings. Everyone's going to have a set of masks. Mm -hmm. No one ever thought about that before. Now everybody's gonna have their N95s, everybody's gonna get their masks. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know why, but people are gonna still store up toilet tissue for whatever, for whatever purpose, meaning I know the purpose, but right. the, hoarding, the, the hoarding part of it is just, yeah. you know. Yeah, so right. all of that, the world has changed. But one thing never changes, my friend. The declaration of Jesus in the book of Matthew. Things will pass away and things will change. But there's one thing that will never change. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, Jesus said, will never pass away. The word of God and the promises of God never change, never pass away. Yeah, and that solid foundation helps us for when these storms come, our house is not going to be knocked over. So good stuff. Now I want to change gears a little bit and um, ask you uh, something. As uh, you were there to on that day of the inauguration to actually pray uh, for just the United States and the president, um, and this is a presidential, big political year where the presidential election yeah. is, is supposed to be this yeah. year. And, and now, like this pandemic, you know, I, I, the news was just kind of right on that, right? Like, who's going to run? Who's going to be running for this? And, you know, all that stuff, the Democratic uh, candidate. And now the focus, because of this pandemic, has shifted to all this and the news of that. And for this to be coming up, um, like, what do you think about this upcoming process of the election coming at the same time this pandemic has hit? Is it a good or bad thing? Well, it's, a, it's, an, un, it, it's an unprecedented thing via the conduit of a pandemic. Uh, you know, we've had, for example, in 1944, in 1944, FDR ran again in the midst, there was an election in the midst of World War II, uh, Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War, uh, so we've had circumstances that, that have been very deemed precarious, egregious, that elections still took place. I can guarantee you this, the election will take place. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, it, it has to happen, it will happen. There's nothing that can deter it, nothing that, even with the, if, if half of them, 
half of America has COVID-19, the election will take place. Nothing will suspend the democratic process of an election that is guaranteed for the American citizenry. For sure, it will take place. The primaries and the conventions may be a different issue. The gatherings, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, in North Carolina and Milwaukee, it's going to be a different issue. Uh, it's going to be Biden versus Trump. That's, that's, you know, that's for certain. And, and at the end of the day, people are going to have to make their decision based on their conviction and on their conscience. And I just want everyone to know, elections have consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for both Republicans and Democrat administrations in the past, our government was unprepared for this. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to lay it out there, man. And this is going back to, you know, 2000. To a great degree, we were unprepared for 9-11. And now we're, we were unprepared. This is both Republicans and Democrats who fell short. Good people who fell short mm-hmm. in preparing the country. And now, you know, this, this administration and this government working with Congress, now they have to pick up the pieces. So I, elections have consequences. When you go vote in November, I want you to know that God will hold you accountable for who you're voting for. So don't think it's, an, it's a human act. There is no such thing as a God doesn't look at this act. Everything we, we do, is measured by the lens of a biblical spiritual rubric. It's either of God or it's not of God. It's either, you know, so let not your heart be troubled. The election will take place. Right. But you and I need to make sure that we're advancing the Lamb's agenda. That's right. You know, and I see it in some ways as a good thing because it is a break from the focus the craziness. of these, the, yeah, it's, it's these candidates and speakerheads. It's got us kind of looking inward a lot more and looking at things differently than just what's happening on the political um, field. Yeah, we, we, yeah, the donkey and the elephant took a break. Yeah, and 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 the one and the one that's getting the one that's exalted right now as I speak is, of course, none other than the Lamb of God, who is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. So the Lord has given you a word on rebuilding the altars. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you a little bit so that for those who didn't hear it, maybe they can hear it on, on, on this platform and you can just speak to that. Can you reshare what the Lord showed you? Uh, and if there's been any updates on that word when you were yeah. sharing about rebuilding the altars? The first institution pr- prior to the church, prior to the church, the family preceded the church. In the Old Testament, God worked via the conduit of a family, the Abrahamic family, Abraham's family. That became the facilitative womb from which Israel, the chosen people, emerged. In the New Testament, now we have this beautiful entity we call the Bride of Christ, the Church of Jesus Christ, right? But the family is the foundation, the foundation of not just the different jars that God has utilized throughout the course of human history to manifest his glory. But the family is the foundation of the church. Healthy families mean a healthy church. A healthy church means a healthy community. A healthy community will produce a healthy nation. All of a sudden, you know, COVID-19, boom, the family. God says, focus on your family. Mm -hmm. Things are going to turn around for your good. Now focus on the family. All things work together for the good for those who believe, right? That's us. So all of a sudden, we're focusing on our families. Matter of fact, some of us are stuck with our family members, literally. Right. Right? <laughs> Especially parents with your children. You have no choice. Here you are, right? Yep. God says reset. Go back and, and build that family altar. What's a family altar? A family altar is you coming together. At, you know, you could do it daily, but at least once a week, where you come together, hold hands, 
and you pray in the name of Jesus. You share devotions. You share God's word. You speak the promises of God. Where you're recommitted to having dinner together and praying. Thank you, God, for your, for, thank you, God, for this bounty. Thank you, God, for this food. And pray, the, the family altar, that is an old school, archaic thing in the past. No, it isn't. It is a relevant, viable, living manifestation of a family committed to the fullness of Christ. Yeah. That pastor is what God is rebuilding. That's why the Holy Spirit is building the house, mm. for people to be ignited and empowered by the Spirit of God to build that family altar. We're going to see prodigal sons and daughters come back home throughout the course of this pandemic. Wow. There, are, there are sons and daughters that were broken yep. from their parents that are literally coming back, literally coming back home, just like the prodigal son parable, coming back home throughout the course of this pandemic. Prodigal sons and daughters are coming back home to our churches. Watch. Out of this pandemic, the family altar is built. The next thing that's going to happen is a great awakening. Wow. We're going to see a move of God's Holy Spirit. I, I, I prophesied it back. I spoke about it in December before anything broke out. I've been speaking about it for a while, about a great move of God. There's a, there's a recording of mine some time ago where, where the Spirit of God gave me a word about what's coming, a wave. And this wave is going to be amazing. Watch. It's going to be glorious. I found out that David Wilkerson back in the 1980s issued the same identical word about New York City and about a pandemic coming, a pandemic. He talked about a pandemic coming to New York where things would be shut down. And then subsequently, and it's printed by the way, so it's not hearsay, it, uh, it's recorded and printed. And then all of a sudden, a wave of God's revival glory and awakening of a great harvest. I'm telling you, my friend, we're about to see God show up like never before. I love it. You know, I, I don't think you know this, but I just shared last week for a service and I believe it was prophetic about surfing uh, the waters of transition and how wow. be when moves of God and water often in the Bible speaks of transition. And when that comes together, it forms a wave. And I just prophetically started talking about what it looks like and how do we prepare ourselves to surf a new wave. Sometimes we can exist through one move of God, but with moves of God, they come multiple and we need to learn how to surf those things. So I'm right on that. And I think in the beginning of this all happening, one of the things I encourage our families to do as they were home is actually take communion. I said, as you're home, take communion on a daily basis with your family, husbands, fathers, take initiative, bring them around the table and take communion. And I believe that's part of what you're saying, rebuilding the family altar and how important that is for us to bring that into our homes and not just have that at church. Without a doubt. Yes, and we are encouraging likewise families to have Holy Communion at home, uh, a daily devotional, Monday through Friday, and of course, Sunday, to participate with our online corresponding services. Wonderful. Now, last question here. Um, we're both Hispanic. We're both Puerto Rican. That's one of the many things we are, right? And I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> and again, I mean, this is too, this too. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, so the Hispanic is, you know, they're the growing population in the U.S., they're, and uh, they're going to be a majority in a couple of years. But just, I want you to speak into that a little bit. Because strong, integrous, God-fearing leadership amongst the Hispanics, for me in some ways, has been very sparse. They're out there, but it, they, they've been sparse as far as my perspective. So dynamic leaders can be rise, can rise and be formed in these actual times that we're in. So could you speak a little bit to our Hispanic brothers yeah. and sisters and even beyond hey what you believe they need to do in this time? Sure, this is the hour for the Hispanic American, the Latino community to rise and shine. 
Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God has risen upon you. The fact that we are so reconciliatory, the fact that we are both Billy Graham and Dr. King, mm -hmm. and we're the only community that can truly reconcile Billy Graham and Dr. King. I really mean that. Because right. we're both Billy Graham. We're committed to biblical orthodoxy. We're committed to the centrality of Christ, to John 14, 6, that Jesus is the only way. So we are hardcore about biblical orthodoxy. But likewise, we're committed to biblical justice. I didn't say social justice. I said biblical justice. Right. To Micah 6, 8, doing justice, loving mercy, walking humbly before God. So we, we, you and I, Latinos, the brown people, you know, we're the mixture of, of black and white. That's where you get, you get brown, right? That's who we are, man. So we can reconcile Billy Graham with the righteous, with the justice platform, the legitimate justice platform of Dr. King, of all of us created equal in the image of God, right? So if we do that, we can lead right now. We don't have to wait two, three years. We should lead right now. And, there, and we have to lead living a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring life. Wow. We have to lead with integrity. Yeah. We have to lead with clarity. We have to lead with humility. We have to lead knowing that those that follow us will do greater things. We can't build our own kingdoms and empires. We got to give God the glory. Everything we do in the name of Jesus, everything we do for the glory of Christ. If we do that and we make those that follow us greater than ourselves, we're going to change America, man. We're going to transform America. So I do believe we have Latino Josephs, Esthers, Daniels, Matthews, Pauls, and Peters that are rising up right now. They're not, they're not going to be around 20, 30 years from now rising up. It's happening right now when I speak. I'm speaking to one of them right now. It's our time to do this, man, in Jesus' name. Hey, Reverend Sammy, thank you so much for this. And I believe you are one of those leaders. All those seven H's that you describe, honored and humility and all those things, you carry that well, and you're passing on that. You're imparting that to us leaders in general, but especially those who are coming up and coming out of this crisis, like those Esthers and Josephs. We'll just call them Jose's and and that, something with Esther, uh, Spanish version of that. <laughs> so thank you again uh, so much for this interview. We know you're busy, but at the same time, you taking time to do this. I think real leaders need to hear real talk like you, bringing that in this time. You're instrumental in these times, so I appreciate it. I bless you. I bless you. Thank you. I'm, I, I am grateful to God for your prophetic leadership. I'm grateful to God that you are alive for such a time as this. Let's do one thing together, my friend. Let's go change the world. Let's do this. Amen. Deal.